Yo, yo, yo! It's your girl and boy, CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. Sponsored by Journey 333. That is a place of mind, body, spirit that helps you with fitness, coaching, and nutrition to look better, live better, and feel better. We produce these episodes every week for your enjoyment to help people to overcome adversity and live their dreams. Today on our show, we got Robin O'Grady. She is a <laughs> she is a true overcomer. Now, Robin started from very humble beginnings. So we're talking about financial struggles growing up. Lost her mother early at 17. Had to get out there and figure things on her own because she was already growing up in a single uh, single mother home, and then lost her mother. So really, really uh, tough story there. That being said, today, Robin is a fitness professional. She's a certified mindset coach. She is an international presenter. And so I'm going to have Robin speak to you today on such topics as wellness and mindset and just the life coaching that she does, you know, how important different things are to helping you with your mindset. You're going to get some true tools, strategies, and resources today. So Robin O'Grady, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much, you guys. Well, thank you for being on the show. It's just awesome. You know, I'm, I'm referencing your paper right here. And when I think about all the things that you're doing and the things that you help people with, it's always great for people to know the inspiration behind that, the story behind that, you know, where it began. And so if you could uh, just tell us a little bit about, you know, those years growing up and and then maybe, you know, a little bit about how you evolved into doing what you're doing today. Awesome. I will. Thank you. So um, as, you, as you mentioned, I grew up in a single mother home. And, um, you know, as an adult looking back, I can see that my mom was having a really hard time. As a kid, you just adapt, right? You just deal and you just do what you need to do. But um, when I look back now, I can see clearly as an adult that she was pretty severely depressed and, and having a really hard time, you know, she slept a lot and there wasn't, um, you know, as much as she gave us her love and her attention when she could, there were many times when, when she just couldn't, you know, and, and she wasn't as present as, as I think she would have really wanted to be then. Um, so it, it made for a very independent childhood. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people in, uh, my generation, I, I was going to say are, but I don't want to, you know, put anybody <laughs> where they don't belong. But in my generation, I think it's it's not that uncommon that we were pretty independent um, as kids. But, um, you know, I had two younger sisters and, and there was a lot that I had to do to make sure that they were okay and that they were safe. Um, and uh, we were just talking the other day about the things that we used to do that kind of surprised that we made it, <laughs> in all honesty, you know. Things like at 12 years old, taking my my eight and six year old sisters on the city bus to go to a wave pool and, you know, trying to figure things out like that. Like when I look at a 12 year old now, I can't even I can't even imagine. So, you know, we just figured it out. And then in high school, in my grade 12 year is the year that my mom um, passed away. She had cancer. So she had tongue cancer. And, and we went through about a year and a half of really hard times um, with her being sick. And uh, that was really, really difficult. Um, so when she passed away, I, I was working and I worked a couple of jobs just so that I could get through and finish my high school diploma, um, which I was really proud of because I was the first in my family. I was the oldest cousin, but of all the aunts and uncles, I was the first to, to achieve the high school diploma. So that was a really big deal in our family. It was a really cool thing. 
Um, and then I just worked. I got I got to work, and uh, and that's sort of what I've done since. Oh, that's awesome, though. Uh, there was, I mean, as far as just the achievement of growing up in an environment where you didn't have very many mentors, and you were the first to finish school. Now, your mom, uh, she got tongue cancer. Was she a, a smoker or anything, or did that just happen happen randomly, or? Yeah, they, they were all smokers. And uh, so, yeah, she, she came. But the, the saddest part, though, is she had quit, you know, a few months before she was diagnosed. So that was uh, frustrating for her. Yeah. I was just thinking, though, that, you know, here you are, someone who becomes a fitness professional, but you were surrounded by smokers, right? And here you are, somebody who didn't really have any mentors. And so later on in life, you're mentoring so many through your presentations through being a fitness professional, through being a certified mindset coach. Uh, that's really awesome. Uh, that, yeah. That's an awesome story in itself. You know, So when you work with people today on the mindset coaching or you know, there's some of the areas that you cover, I know you help people with fitness. In fact, before I go too far, let's talk a little bit about uh, what you're doing in fitness. And then we'll talk more about the mindset and how you use some of your past and some of your education to help people with that. But in fitness... How many different locations are you handling now? Like what's going on there with fitness? Yeah. Uh, I love my fitness world. It's been about 20 years that I've been in the fitness industry. And uh, I started as an instructor, as many of us did, and uh, just worked from there. It's, became a personal trainer, became the group fitness director eventually for the facility that I was at then. And now I'm the director of operations for a company called Big Sky Fitness here in Calgary. And uh, we have two locations. We're actually building a third. And I'm really proud of what our company has done um, in this last really difficult uh, year and a half in being able to come out of that stronger, um, you know, and uh, all of my team, every single person that worked for me before came back. So it was really, really cool. So I have this opportunity to have this amazing team of people and we are just out there delivering fitness every day. It's great. That is awesome. Okay, Calgary, by the way, guys, we're talking Canadian. We got a Canadian <laughs> here on today. Uh, and Canada has actually, uh, in my opinion, you know, had worse uh, shutdowns than America, uh, you know, because well, we have friends that we're trying to get together with and they still, you know, don't dare cross the border, you know, so it's... Uh, yeah, it's been pretty brutal up here. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. I know you speak a bit on culture. Pretty amazing that you would get back everybody after the pandemic. Uh, you know, because a lot of people didn't want to come back to work. Some people got used to staying at home. Just things change. Um, that's pretty awesome. What, what do you credit that to that you got everybody back like that? Yeah, you know what? We were we were really communicative, first of all, with our team. And we, we did everything we could, um, you know, and this goes for my online team at O'Grady Fitness as well. You know, we did everything we could to stay as open and we are very honest with our team. You know, we don't, we don't play the, sometimes when you're working for a bigger company, the, the corporate side of things can get in the way because they feel like they have to hide things or protect the, the staff from things. We tell them the truth. We, we simply tell them the truth. We tell them exactly where we're at, exactly what's going on and what is coming next. Um, and we remain communicative with them throughout the entire time. Um, the other part of that is just having a community 
that they want to come back to as well. So cr creating that community happened long before uh, COVID, you know, and uh, and building that community with this group of people was was happening long before COVID came along. Um, and my online instructors, luckily, they got to continue to work um, through through COVID. And I actually built and launched that website. Um, at the beginning of COVID uh, immediately because I knew that instructors are going to need um, money, you know, <laughs> like they need to live. And so they're going to need income coming in. So getting that website up and happening right away was really, really important to me. I also immediately launched and we ran four um, online fitness conferences uh, through the year, through the 15 months of, of COVID time as well for the instructors so that they could get CECs while everything was shut down because that was another thing that immediately got cancelled obviously all of the in-person con conferences so um i think that doing all of these things to keep them engaged to keep them with us was um really really important and really really the reason that we were able to do that wow that's awesome uh you sound like uh quite a servant leader you know just diving in and understanding the needs and making sure that you're serving those how would you describe your community, the community that everybody wanted to come back to? Like if you had a few words, I know a journey, what we do is we have this word art wall and there's things like accountability and motivation and stuff. Of course, the words our members used to describe us, but this community that all your team wanted to come back to, how would you describe it? You know, we are, I, I'm not a big fan of the whole um, family thing in a, in a company because I think that uh, sometimes people look at that and kind of roll their eyes and go, okay, you're my family. You know, like for a lot of them, this is just their job. You know, they come and they do their work and then they go out and they hang out with their friends and their family. So we, we really push on the community side of things and that's, that's what we call ourselves. Um, but we are, um, you know, close with each other. We take the time to understand what the needs are of the people that are within our within our company we also have a very very open door policy so uh, we have three of us at the director level and we have a president um, above us and every one of those people um, you can contact whether you are the facility crew or the front desk person or an instructor on the floor if you need to talk to anyone in that that chain up the line, then you're more than welcome to reach out to those people. And that's actually the same for our members. Our members, um, our president is always giving his email out <laughs> to the member. And I always tell him, don't do that. You know, like you've got like five people before <laughs> that they could talk to, but he's like, no, I want them to know that they can reach out to me anytime. So, so that's really cool too. And then the same thing for O'Grady Fitness is that open communication. I really try to reach out and make sure that my instructors understand that I am here for them what they need is is my job that's that's what I'm here for is to make sure that they are having successful classes and uh, that their needs are met if they if they need anything at all and even during the closure if you need you know support if you need extra finances we're going to help you with that in any way that we possibly can just to make sure that you're okay you know I'm hearing a theme here are, are you hearing a theme I the theme to me you said communication in the beginning, and I know there's an L. Ron Hubbard quote that says communication is the solvent of all problems. And it sounds like you're having a, a great frequency in meetings to, to understand the needs, you know, communicate about those needs, understand what the needs are and see what you can do to fill them. And that these are kind of the cornerstones, well, not kind of, these are the cornerstones of your great culture. 
Right. Yeah. And, you know, you can tell that I'm a talker. That's <laughs> no big surprise there. But I, my, my lesson as a leader is the listening side of things as well. And so teaching myself how to uh, shut up every once in a while and really hear what is happening. I just had a discussion with one of my staff the other day. She was worried about a complaint that a member had made and the approach that the member took in making that complaint. And we all in customer service know that sometimes they, you know, their approach could use a little assistance, you know, they're, they're upset, they're frustrated. And, uh, you know, I said, I said to my staff person, I said, first of all, it's not a complaint. She's offering us feedback. So what we need to do is take the baloney out of that and we need to find out what is what is actually wrong here and then we can solve her problem but you know we get caught up in the in the delivery um the delivery is 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 that's their that's their problem you know that's their deal you know in the end she needs something from us and she's trying to express that to us so now it is our job to break the language down because language is everything and find the meat of the of the challenge that she's facing so that we can solve that for her wow Wow, that's so good. That's so good. Because the problem isn't always the problem, right? You know, I mean, we know that there's a little bit more than what's just being said here. So how can we dive into that? And I wanted to start with fitness first before we got into your mindset coaching. And I'm so glad that you took us to leadership because you sound like an excellent leader. And I wanted to ask, are there books or is there a certain education or has it been the school of hard knocks of experience uh, that's been you know, allowing you to develop these types of practices as a leader to where you're like, no, this just isn't because there are a lot of owners and leaders that just might ah, another complaint, you know, so what, you know, put it in the circular <laughs> file, the trash can, you know, I mean, whatever. That's how they handle it. And you seem to handle it a lot better. So uh, what's what's allowed you to do that and grow like that to who you are? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You know, School of Hard Knocks is, is definitely the biggest the biggest thing. You know, I, I said I think we talked a little bit earlier about how many years I've been in customer service and it's been a long time. And so you cannot help but learn over that time. Um, and, but I do read voraciously. I, I love a good um, book. I do a lot of audiobooks because I have multiple locations that I'm traveling to. Um, I have a lot of time in my car. So audiobooks are really, really important to me. But you know what? I go to a lot of talks and um, I'm part of the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers here. And uh, we um, have every month meetings and at those meetings we get education, which is amazing, you know? So I go to a lot of talks, but in the end, it's really about taking the time to think about emotional regulation and language. Because if I am meeting fire with fire, we are only going to get more fire. And so I learned a long time ago that when someone is coming at you at an emotional high, the best thing you can do is bring yourself down to an emotional low to meet their energy so that we can find ourselves in the middle and have a constructive piece of communication. I'm also the mother of teenagers. I think that helps <laughs> as well. You know, you learn how to communicate with them as well. So uh, language is, I'm very passionate about language. I think language uh, can completely change a situation just by how you phrase things. Oh, that's good. So emotional regulation and language, boy, you know, I've, I've heard that as a piece of advice many times, 
not to respond from an emotional place, right? You know, we have to get past that, right? Because what do we always have? Knee-jerk reactions, right? When something's going on, you know, we get frustrated. And that's why, honestly, we're co-leaders. And so sometimes, Cindy, uh, that, that situation gets me a little too excited. Maybe you should handle that one, you know, because I, I know that I'm not going to be good for this because I'm having a tough time just finding my zen in that situation, you know. But emotional regulation, that's the uh, – what, what do you – do to help with emotional regulation? Do you just assess and analyze, you know, is this an emotional response or are we coming at this from the, the best logical response or like, you know, tell us a little bit more about emotional regulation, if you will. You know. It takes a lot of practice, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really uh, practice over time. But one thing that I learned in, in my mindset training and, and things that I, that I picked up is that the subconscious brain is much faster than our conscious brain. And so that knee jerk reaction that you're talking about is, is what we have to figure out how to pause. And so there is um, a six second, which is, which is such a cool number to me. There's a six second delay from our subconscious mind to our conscious mind. So if we can just pause, and this is where I think in North America, we're really bad <laughs> at stopping, you know, and, and pausing because we feel like that, that, that um, communication has to be fast and, and on the go. And I'm a really fast talker. And that's, that's what I had to learn is to actually just again, shut up <laughs> and listen. And um, so that pause in a conversation, if I count that for you, one, two, three, four, five, six. It's a really long time. It feels like a really long time. So if someone is yelling at you, if you can sort of get past, sort of put a wall in front of the yell, in front of the power of the energy that's coming at you, and just count that six seconds, it's really going to help you to respond in a more calm manner. Um, and I will tell people, I just actually had this conversation the other day with a member, I will say to them, I'm really not getting anything from you in this moment. So when you're ready to talk to me in a more calm manner, then we will talk again. So I'm going to hang up now and I'm going to call you back in a little while. And then that gives them that six seconds to, to pause as well. And most of the time that is an immediate switch in their behavior because they realize that they're not being productive. Nothing is happening here. Well, good for you for, I love, right, yeah, right. I, I love that right now. I'm going to hang up on you right now. I am not getting anything. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to use that. Oh, my God. Yeah. We'll, we'll use that, yeah. I'm sure. Well, no, six sure. seconds. So what you're saying, though, is that in the subconscious is that emotional response. But in the conscious mind, if you allow that six seconds, is that strategic response where we can think about it and we can say, what's the outcome that I'm trying to achieve? Mm -hmm. And is my emotional response going to help with that outcome, right? Like, I, I love that. Love that. And you're not, and you're not going to get it every time. Just understand that, you know, you're going to yell back sometimes. <laughs> you know, that the emotional response is going to win every once in a while. But like I said, it takes practice over time. So every time you do it successfully is a, a, a check on that chalkboard, you know, like you, you won that, that moment. Well, I think you just gave me a secret to something I've been looking to achieve. I, I learned this uh, story uh, about Buddha and, uh, you know, it's not to promote any particular faith here. It's just to say that there was a great story about this guy that was trying to make the Buddha angry and, you know, he wasn't responding, he wasn't responding. And until finally he asked the man a question and he said, let me ask you a question. 
if someone offers you a gift and you do not receive it, whose gift is it? And the man said, well, I guess the gift would still belong to the, to the giver, the person that's trying to give the gift. And so Buddha said, and so it is with your anger. I don't receive it, right? And so what you're actually giving me as an answer today is how Buddha might do that is he's going to count to six <laughs> before he responds to this guy, you know, right? I was like, how does he do that? Like, I mean, this guy's calling him names and everything else. I mean, that's really, really cool. So it was a great story, something to aspire to, to say, you know, what? I'm not going to let this person mess up my Zen, right? You know, or, or destroy my peace. And, and the way to do that is to prevent the subconscious from ruling the conscious. And right? it, it is a choice in the end, right? Whether you're going to accept that or not. Like that's, that's your decision in the end. Um, you know, and I grew up with a family of pretty negative people, um, you know, and so they would throw a lot of um, passive aggressive. Some of you may understand, you know, family tends to be good at this, you know, that passive aggressive sort mm -hmm. of shot from behind. Um, or even like a compliment followed by that shot from behind. My family are expert at this. So I think maybe I learned a little protectiveness <laughs> from being around them my whole life. Well, I was going to say that um, I have some members that have uh, gone to that same school that your family members went to. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, how come you had to say that after? It sounds like such a good right. compliment until right. you went after. When, you know? <laughs> Because we, we'll talk about it with both of our families. We're like, that was so nice. Right until it was followed up by, I, I was, and then it took the whole thing away. I was like, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like uh, to give an example. Yeah, you look so good today. So much better than yesterday. You know, like, could you could you just stop it? You look good today. You know, like I mean, you know, it looks like you're losing weight. You're really looking fat a couple months ago. You know, like I mean, like hey, let's stop right there. You know, like oh, thanks. I'll just carry on about my day now. <laughs> <laughs> so well, this is really good. And I really wanted to uh, not let us miss what you were saying as your main form of learning, which is either listening to Audible or attending conferences. Uh, we actually did an interview together this morning. And this guy that was in the interview, I think he's pretty much planning six. He does six conferences a year that he pays for himself. And we sometimes have a hard time getting people to go to conferences that we're paying for, hotel, food, right, things like that. And these opportunities for learning are available to everyone. It's just very few choose those opportunities, choose to go listen. And then like you've been saying, think about what did I just hear? How does it apply to me? How can I apply it to my life to make my life better? And it seems like if I'm, if I'm understanding what you're saying, it's, it's those moments of learning you know, listening and then thinking about what you heard and, and how you can apply it in your own life. That's really been a great teacher to you. Am I, am I right? Yeah, it really has. And I, you know, after 20 years in the industry, people say, well, what are you going to get out of a, a fitness conference? You know, like, haven't you heard it all? Don't, you know, don't you know what? And I say, absolutely not. Because someone else's point of view alone could shift how you, how you live your life day to day or how you present to your team. And um, I try in every session because there are sessions where I've seen all those exercises before, you know, like I know a squat is a squat and a lunge is a lunge. And, you know, there isn't so much that we can do with those. And after 20 years, you probably have seen every squat that there is out there. Mm -hmm. But I try to really every session just have at least one takeaway, at least one takeaway. And 
I actually get frustrated, like you just said, about, about teams who, um, who don't go to these things. Even if you're just like, here, please, I'm giving, I'm paying for you. I'm, I want you to attend this education. Um, or I've attended education conferences with people over the years where they take it as a, a field trip, a vacation, and then they're drinking all night and they miss all the morning sessions, you know? And I'm like, no, like yeah. we're here for a reason, you know? And, uh, and I just... Uh, think that part of it is um, my excitement when I come back. I try to really like yesterday, I did idea conference this past weekend. They did it virtually. So I was able to do it just around my house. And you know, I got some such great information from it. So I went to work and I was just like, and then I went to this session and then I went to this session and then I went to this session. And they're all just like, cause none of them went, you know? And I was like, it was online. Why didn't you go? You didn't have to travel. You could have just popped on and grabbed a few sessions. So I understand what you mean about, about that for sure. I think it's critical to, to your growth and your success. And I think it's, um, it's everything you need to, to continue to learn every single day. Every day you should take one thing away. And when you're counting your wins at the end of the day, you know, that piece of learning should be part of that. Sometimes those, those lessons are hard, but it's an important learning every single day to take something away from that day. What was important today? What was new for me today? I'm going to give you a challenging question now then. Uh, <laughs> are you ready? You're ready? I was thinking as a mindset coach, I would have to believe that part of your process is to get people to want to learn and apply, learn and apply, right? Because clearly they're talking with you because their current strategies that they have for themselves are not working, right? So they're like, you know, I need, I need a mentor in my life, someone to help me figure this out. And so what are some of those strategies that people that are listening today, maybe they're struggling with their kids, their spouse, their friends, uh, whoever, maybe they're business owners like us that, you know, we're always going to have struggles with different team members that we want to watch something that was just available online and be excited and have a application. You know, what have you found that really helps people, whether they be your coaching clients or, or the team members and uh, the company that you have uh, to really want to learn and apply and, you know, develop those other strategies that can make them better? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because, um, and I talk about this to fitness people all the time, the people that are in the gym are already in the gym. You know, we, we often are preaching to the choir. The people that come to me to hire me as a mindset coach, they already want something. They know that change is important for them. They understand already that they need something more. So I would say for, for the 80% that are not seeking that, the 80% that are not in the gym. That's why I do these podcasts. That's why I do, you know, online stuff. That's why I have so many, like, you know, you read off all my things and I was like, oh my gosh, it's a lot of stuff. But my goal, that's why I train trainers as well is because I want to take my reach and I want to try to expand it out even further so I can, you know, touch more people in the world. But there's still 80% of people who are not seeking that. So how, that's the question, how do we get to those people? And I think sharing our excitement every day, understanding that 
where we are isn't necessarily the, the best place because we're already preaching to the choir. We need to reach out. Um, you know, I present at fitness conferences all the time. Now I want to present at off, uh, corporate offices. I want to do more of that because those are the people that are not at the fitness conference. Those are the people who are not in my gym. Those are the people who are not coming to me for coaching. The more dripping, I guess, that you can do out into the world, um, the more opportunities that you're going to provide for other people. And then you get other coaches and other people to speak the same language. And that helps to get to further your reach to more people. Well, I find that 80% so frustrating because I, I wish I was a hundred people. <laughs> no, no, that's very good. That's very good. Cause what you're saying is the people that seek you out already want it. <clears throat> the goal is to drip information out there so that other people may want it because you don't know what you don't know, right? You don't know what's missing until you know what's missing, right? Um, so it's about sometimes getting people information. I, I really like, I really like your perspective on that. Uh, there's a great book called Traction and it talks about the GWC, right? If you hire people, they have to get it, want it, and have the capacity to do it, right? Uh, but want it is a key ingredient, right? Because I can't, I don't know how to make you want this, you know. One way, though, is presenting information so that people can see in their life what what might be missing. I think that is great. That's really you know. Good. And with with my with kids, like I think of it from a parenting perspective. I often will will take take my clients in that same perspective. Is like you know they tell you that you have to present your child with the same food. Um, I think eight times or something before they're actually going to try it on their own. You know, and give it a taste. Like you have to present the same information over and over and over and over again. And then one day someone's going to click, right? And if you get that one person to go, oh, oh, you know, because they didn't hear it the first seven times, then you're, you, you win. Like that's the biggest win to me. And you guys are in the fitness industry. Like you've seen when clients come in, I, I trained a client who had zero success with me, zero success with me for a few years you know, she, she had a little up, she had a little down, she had a little up, she had a little down, but we never achieved her goals in the end. And in the end, I just said to her, I said, I don't think I'm the right coach for you. You know, like we need to find someone else who can speak better to you to get the information that you need across because we have become very close, but maybe too close, you know, like now, now we're too close to each other because we've been together for years. There has to be something better out there what we're doing is not working. So we need to now, and that's, that's my ego has to get out of the way and say, what I'm doing for her isn't working. So I need to find someone else who can do a better job than me for this particular person. So understanding that we don't, we don't know it all. We don't have everything. That's really good. That's really good. That's almost uh, biblical, not to, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, like if, if a person won't listen to you, like, can you get someone else that they might listen to, mm -hmm. to see what it is, <laughs> that they don't know or what they're missing in their life or, or, you know, you have to present something eight times. I think that's how we got our last house. You presented it to me enough times. Where I went with that. <laughs> Do you know, I just moved into a new house and it took me 20 years to get my husband to move to the <laughs> house. So you got to be patient. <laughs> yeah. I keep on presenting it. You know, if you're, if you're listening and you know, you want your spouse or your friend, you know, you might just be missing out on those other seven presentations that you need to do, you know, that's really good. So really good. So who are your clients? That's what, yeah. Uh, that's what, that's exactly what I was going to ask. Like, 
like like who are your clients um not names of course right, right. but like <laughs> like what kind of problems do they come to you for like um you know for mindset and you know obviously a array of clients as far as in the gym but like for for your coaching clients for the people that you help with with mindset and getting through daily life and so what what kind of uh issues do they come with and, and who who is you know seeking you out like yeah i you know 98 percent of my clients are women and um i the two percent that i have that are men are athletes and i do and i work with them on long distance training they do they do those 100 kilometer runs and things like that and so i work with them on mindset for that um but but that's really it as far as what i have in my clients for men um i work primarily with women and women driven women women who who have a goal already are the people who are coming to me to say okay I've tried everything, so they say, and so I'm not getting this thing that I that I want. Uh, I see your you are, or I see that ha you helped so and so. What can you do to get me there? So I've helped many many uh, female entrepreneurs launch their business, which is so exciting to see, and um, and then many many women who are really just um, struggling with their their internal uh, chatter, you know, so that that sort of internal um, conversations that they're having with themselves. That is, that is a woman that, uh, is also very attractive to me, um, for some reason. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so it ends up really being, being those two types of women, which is actually pretty different types of women, um, in the end. For some reason, you know, this might go back <laughs> to the beginning, right. You know, because, uh, I have to believe that you've come a long way from that 17 year old that you once were, and maybe yeah. the a lot of head chatter going on back then. You, you. Uh, I think when we talked off the show, I think you labeled yourself as fiercely independent at that age, you know. And you know, we realize the older we get, how much we don't know. And, and I like uh, this whole idea of head chatter too, because I, I firmly believe that there's two selves, right? You know, there's, you know, we've all said it. I'm driving myself crazy, or I can't stand myself, or whatever, you know. Right? What does that mean? There's only this, this is what I say. I say. I don't even like me today. Yeah, right, right, right. Like for, for whatever reason, or every once in a while, a couple times a year, I'm like, I don't know what is going on today, but I don't even like me. Yeah. So I mean, what that really means is that there must be a higher self, right? There, there must be a higher self that can help us with the head chatter, or, or I guess you know maybe that's my question to you, but I, I firmly believe in these two selves when there's this head chatter going on. Um, what is it that you do for people to help them? with negative head chatter. Is there yeah. certain strategies or tools that you could give to our listeners today that would help them if they're experiencing negative head chatter? You know, it's it's really funny because it's much like fitness and it's not the answer that you want to hear. You know, like people always say, how do I get how do I get rid of this tummy? Like how do I get rid of this uh you know, this flab under the arm or whatever, you know, and, and then we say, uh, nutrition is really important <laughs> and they go, no, please don't tell me that. That's not what I want to hear. Can I, I just work it off? Yeah, can I just do crunches? You know, right? can I just do crunches? You know, yeah. and so this is, this is sort of the same because in the end, it, it's, it's hard work. Like you have to practice and I call it, you like, I like you call it the, the higher self. I call it your subconscious city. That's what I call it. And I think of that movie, that cartoon that came out a few years ago, um, inside out. And she has 
all these little characters inside her brain and this teenage girl and, and you've got the angry and the joy and the, you know, I, I, that's how I sort of visualize this subconscious city. And I say, there's all these things coming in at us all the time, our whole lives. We have all of this information flying at us at a breakneck speed. So we learn to filter that information and we learn to filter that information because of the belief systems that we come to have. And those belief systems come from our parents, come from our mentors, come from kids at school, all those different things, you know, our life experience becomes our belief system. Some of them we don't actually believe, you know, like I think about kids who are, who are inheriting belief systems. Um, and just, just for an example, something like religion, you know, we talked a little bit about the Buddha and, and uh, L. Ron Hubbard, like people have this belief in, in this religion because their parents told them to. And then at some point they feel like they need to break from that. And you see this in the teenage years, you know, they're sort of like, hold on, I want to be my own self. I don't want to, I don't want your belief systems anymore. But what's happening is while all of that's happening, there's like this foundation that's being built into your subconscious city. So sometimes we need to shake that foundation. Sometimes that, those belief systems that have come in are not good for us. They're not serving us every day. So we need to get, you know, I don't know if you can hear the beeping outside. I told you there's some construction outside. You need to get one of those machines into your subconscious city and just shake the foundation. Sometimes take it right out, but that takes time and it takes practice. So it's daily practice. It's, it's you know, and I know it sounds lame, but it's affirmations and it's, you know, correcting yourself. And it's that pause. So when you say to yourself, Oh, my God, I'm so ugly, just, you know, and that's pretty vague. But just as an example, Oh, my God, I'm so ugly. I hate, I hate looking at myself in the mirror, you have to actually stop in that moment. And this is what I coach my clients is you actually have to pause, you have to count your six seconds, or however long you need. Um, another thing that I tell them is make a circle, like literally stand up and turn around and reset that moment, reset that moment and then reframe it. Okay. You're not ugly, but maybe you think you are. That's okay. You can think that we're going to, we're going to shift that a little bit though. You can say something like, mm, this collarbone is really nice today and then get on about your day. So you just stop, pause, make a circle if you have to. When my, when my teenagers come at me with snark, I always tell them, make a circle. Let's reset. Let's start that over. Because I don't think that's how you meant to say that to me. <laughs> you know, we reset and then we, we reframe, reframe. So if you think you're ugly from here up, well, what if, what if you know, like this, this freckle right here, I, really, I love that freckle. That's my favorite freckle, you know, and then get on about your day, you know, but it takes like hundreds of times doing that. Stop, reset reframe, stop, reset, reframe. And um, a door is another really nice thing. As a fitness instructor, you're not always in a great mood, but you got to go in there and give this energy to all of these people because they are there and that's what you are there for them. So a doorway, walking into the gym, as soon as I walk through that doorway, I'm going to put on my Sasha Fierce and I'm going to go teach that class. So no matter what has happened before, but you have to sort of put a thing against it. So make a circle, see the doorway when I cross that doorway, because then your subconscious brain is actually making, you know, changes. You're actually shaking that foundation. I know that was a long answer. No, that was a great answer. There's so much in there. You know, yeah. I, I'd really like to really like to recap it a little bit, you know, having a trigger such as a door, you know, and just to kind of start in the reverse order here. Um, I know. 
uh, Todd Durkin. I'm sure you know him too. Uh, he's been a great mentor in my life, but he's always snapping his band. Maybe his band is more, right? You know, to get his mind right. You know, mm-hmm. doing the circle. Boy, maybe we should try that with our daughter. Could you just do a circle right now? And, yeah, you know, we'll try it. We'll, we'll She's there. 19. Yeah. And I, 18 and 15. Yeah. 18 and 15? Yeah. 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 So, Nine, yeah. 18, 19, they can get vicious. Yeah. yeah. Maybe she'll try the circle thing, you know? I'm sure you did not mean to say that to me. <laughs> that's what I say. Yeah, that's what I say. I'm, I'm sure that's not how you meant to say that to me. <laughs> and, I love it. And affirmations. Affirmations. Um, I'm a big fan of journaling. We don't always necessarily have time to journal. Life gets in the way. We wake up, something happened, and, you know, like maybe we didn't get our journaling. So it sounds like, you know, you're even doing some verbal journaling, you know, just look at this freckle here and say, I love this freckle. Uh, However, I had a life coaching client say to me the other day, hey, I know we've been meeting for a couple months. I don't feel like I'm making any progress or whatever, you know. And so then I said, well, why don't we do some affirmations about the progress that you have made? Because when we started, you know, you didn't do this, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. Now you're looking at that. Now, you, you know, I mean, uh, he's got fitness equipment in his house. Uh, you know, he's you know, been speaking at an event that he wanted to speak at type of thing. You know, he's working on some presentations and different stuff that he wanted to do. And, but we don't give ourselves any credit. Right. So we need these affirmations in our life. What's your number one way that you get people? Uh, is it journaling that you get people to do as clients? Yeah, you know what? Some people, it, I think it's funny because some people have this like weird reaction to journaling, <laughs> you know, like they're like, oh, like it's like, you know, they, they, there's this sort of like negative thing to it. So, so I try to start them a little slower. I like journaling, but I don't think it's for everybody. I think it's really good for some people. I think writing things down on paper with an actual pen is powerful stuff. Um, but for people to ask them to do that every day when they're new to it is is kind of rough. So so I will um, often say, you know, you're going to count your wins at the end of the day. Write those down. So because mm-hmm. that's part of our process is to count your wins every day or some people call them gratitudes, you know, like whatever you want to call it. That's fine. What happened good today? Let's put that on paper. So we'll start their journaling journey that way. And then they start to get a little more comfortable with it and they might, they might do a little bit more. Um, some people like to do voice um, on your phone. You can do voice memos. So if you don't like to write instead of that, especially the younger generation, they don't want to write. They, they don't understand the power of that yet. Or maybe they never will, which is kind of scary, but maybe they never will. And um, so voice memos is another really good way to, because then you know it's somewhere. You've, you've put it somewhere. You've taken it off of you and you've put it somewhere. That's really good. That's really good. We talk about that. um, And we've tried to get away from that this past year. Many times in the past, we've talked about what was wrong with our day at the end of our day. And we (laughs) recently learned this past year. What did we say? Yeah, well, because, I mean, we work together every day. And so then at night, uh, usually by the time, you know, it's like we're, we're laying in bed and it was like, I cannot believe this, this, you know, and then we start like kind of venting. And then when we were, we were listening to a motivational speaker one day, um, he said, what you say at the end of the night is your marinade. That's what you go to bed marinating on all night long during your sleep. And so that kind of sets the tone for the next day. And immediately we started, we switched. And so we were like, what are three things that you're grateful for that happened today or three good things that happened? So then we share that with each other 
And no matter how stressful the day may have been or what might have went wrong or any of that, um, you can always find three things. There's always something. Yeah. And so then that would be the last things that we would share and talk about to each other before we went to sleep. And I was like, I love that. Mm. I so, love that too. Yeah. That's yeah, so, so it's good. good. Yeah. Really marinate good. on something yeah, positive. So marinate in positivity yeah. rather than negativity. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. you know, the, um, the, the creator and uh, owner of Spanx, um, she has a really good talk that, uh, that I would suggest everybody look up as well about failure. And, and again, it's about reframing because her parents would say, what did you fail at today? And the only failure was not failing. Mm. So, you know, there's value in those bad things that happened. So instead of, in, you know, venting it out, which is sometimes you need to do that too, but, you know, but instead of making that the priority, the priority of the vent session is to have, find out what the value is of those falls, you know, because we're all going to fall, we're all going to trip, we're all going to make a mistake. Yeah. Like there's no getting away from that. It's going to happen, period. And right. so when it happens, what is the value to that? What did we learn? That's sometimes the only value is that I learned that if I try to walk too fast, I'm going to fall on my face, you know, or whatever it happens to be. But sometimes there's a much, much bigger win in the fail, you know? And so that's really cool. If you actually take the time to pay attention. Ooh, that's a, that sounds like a good talk to listen to that. Always... Yeah, it's pretty short too. It's, it's a nice little quick one. What's the name of it or is there any way to, what's the best way to, for them to Google it? Just... Yeah, just Google failure and Spanx. <laughs> and it'll, it'll come up. I get her name uh, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, speaking of awesome, Robin, you're such an awesome person to know. I, I think you're a wealth of information. And when I think of where you started, uh, you shared with us off the show about, you know, the different assistance that you had to have growing up due to the poor financial conditions and losing your mother at 17 and having two younger sisters, was it sisters, 12 and 14? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, everything that you've become, uh, just by taking advantage of those opportunities that are out there and available to everyone, the opportunities to, to learn from life, the opportunities to, to listen uh, at different things that people are saying, and, and then try to apply it to your life so that you can grow in a positive direction into more of a optimal self. Uh, I just think that's fantastic. Um, now, you've mentioned that you're doing some online sessions. So I would say that there's probably a couple ways that people can engage with you. You know, they could, if they happen to be on this side of the border and not in your local area, then uh, they can still come visit you online. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. O'GradyFitness.com. You can find everything that you want there. Um, you know, my speaking uh, information, my live classes. I have an incredible team of instructors that come from their living rooms to teach fitness classes to the whole world. We have some uh, members from Italy. We've got some from the UK. It's so cool. And, uh, you know, so they come in like to them, it's like 10 at night and it's like five in the morning here. Like it's so, it's so interesting. And, um, you know, the team that I put together, they're very, very passionate about the same things that I'm passionate about. And that is just bringing, um, you know, fitness to, to the world and uh, showing people that movement every day really matters, really matters. Um, so yeah, it's all there. That, that website, O'GradyFitness.com has got all of it. So if people want to uh, talk to you about life coaching, if they want to talk to you about presenting, if they want to take uh, one of those virtual sessions or even find out where to visit you in person, uh, they can find all that through there. 
That's right. Yeah, they can contact me through the website too. And, and I don't have anybody managing all that. I answer all the emails. Um, so if you message through there, it's going to be me that responds. Oh, you're a busy lady. All this coaching and <laughs> running three different places and answering all that yourself. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I want to thank you. I want to yeah. thank you for all this great information that you shared with our audience today. Thank you so much for being an overcomer and being on our show. Thank you, guys. I'm so grateful to have met you today. I think I see a long relationship here. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Can't wait to have you on again for more information for our guests. See you guys later. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Overcomers Podcast sponsored by Journey 333. When I am not hosting the Overcomers Podcast, I am working at one of our fitness franchises so that I can continue to help people overcome adversity on a daily basis. That's right. People come to the Journey 333 fitness franchises because they want a coach in their life. They want somebody to help them overcome the adversities of life, motivate them to higher levels of greatness, bring out their potential, help them lose weight, get off medications, fight depression, fight anxiety. That's what we do on a regular basis. If you feel like you want your life to be about helping more people to overcome their adversities, if you feel like you're an overcomer and you want to create more overcomers, then maybe owning a Journey 333 franchise would be for you. To find out more, go to www.journeyfitness333.com.